So there was this little boy called Jamie, only five or six years old, and he wasn't as bright as the other boys and girls in his class, but he was really keen. The time came for the school play, the infant production, and Jamie told his mummy and daddy that the next day the teacher was going to give out parts for the play. Well, Jamie's mum looked at his dad. They were both a little bit worried because they knew he couldn't really read very well at all. So the next day, his mum went to pick him up to collect him from school and she was thinking she might have to cheer him up because he wasn't going to get a part. But as the bell went and the door opened, Jamie comes tearing out, waving excited and shouting, Mummy, Mummy! His mother looked up over the shoulders of the other parents and there he was running down. Mummy, Mummy! I've been chosen to clap and cheer! Well, naive, simple, cute? Maybe, I don't know. But we need people to clap and cheer and give encouragement. And we all also need to learn to see the good in any situation, don't we? Well, anyway, I think it was that kind of idea that Jesus was talking about when this incident occurred, recorded by Luke in chapter 9, when the disciples were returning home after an amazing day. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and made him stand beside him. And then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For the one who is least among you all is the greatest. Well, the disciples were not like Jamie, were they? They were not there to clap and cheer for someone else, were they? They all wanted to be called great, just like Jesus. And in some ways, it's quite understandable. You see, at this point in his ministry, Jesus is a star, a real celebrity. He's at the top of his game and the crowds love him. Immediately prior to this incident, Jesus has just completed some astonishing miracles. Somehow he produces a meal for around 5,000 people using only a small boy's lunchbox. And after that, he heals a boy who has suffered from the day he was born from fits. So it's not surprising they all want to be associated with Jesus. They all want their photograph standing next to him. They want to be the one holding Jesus' coat while he heals people. They want to be the one who says, um, you can see Jesus now, um, but you can't see him today. He's too busy for you. They all want to be his PA. All the disciples want to be the one who, when people see them in the street, will recognise them and say, Hey, you're with that famous guy, Jesus, aren't you? Of course, it all changed later on. Nobody wanted to admit they knew him. But at this point, Jesus is at the peak of his ministry. And although we can look back at this passage from Luke and say, what a childish argument the disciples had. I think many of us sometime have been in the same position. I know I have feeling for some reason I have to prove myself better than somebody else, for no real reason, just seems to be in our human nature. 
But the interesting thing is, instead of rebuking them, instead of giving them a really good telling off, Jesus uses the opportunity to open up a discussion and help them think about what it means to be great. And I think what's most interesting is that Jesus, in fact, doesn't give them the obvious answer to the question, what is greatness? The obvious answer? Well, yeah, you see, there was somebody there that day who was great, wasn't there? There was somebody in that conversation who was truly great. If creating the universe from nothing is amazing, then there was somebody there that day who was amazing. And yeah, if having the power to raise the dead with a single word is great, then there certainly was somebody there on that day who was great. But Jesus doesn't say, look at me if you want to understand greatness. He could have pointed to himself. He could have said, I am God. God is great. Behold greatness. And if he had said that, he wouldn't have been showing off. It's just true. But Jesus didn't say that because he wanted his disciples to see another way to greatness. Instead, and surprisingly, he took a child. In those days, children were considered a nuisance, not important at all. And he uses the example of an insignificant child to show that our understanding of greatness is damaged. You see, we've mixed up true greatness with popularity, with celebrity, with the ability to draw a crowd. And Jesus says, don't think like that. In God's economy, true greatness is not like that. It's not what you think. And in fact, he goes even further and says, if we welcome these who are not important, we somehow welcome him. And when we think about it, Jesus didn't just talk this way about greatness. He lived this way about greatness. You see, Jesus really did have the power to make blind people see. But he also took time for children to come and sit with him. Is this greatness? This is our God. Jesus had the power to raise the dead back to life. And yet he wasn't afraid to cry when his friend Lazarus died. Is this greatness? This is our God. And he has power over the whole of nature and creation. But he was also the one who washed the dirty, stinking feet of his own followers. Is this greatness? In the kingdom of heaven, this is greatness. This is our God.